Welcome to the Travel Writer Podcast, where I hope to inspire you to get out there and see the world one episode at a time. I'm your host, Megan Wright, and I'll be sharing my travel stories, tips, and advice about exploring new countries, moving abroad, solo travel, grown-up gap years, and so much more. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to the Travel Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Wright, also known as the Travel Writer on my socials. And today in this episode, we're going to be talking about Bali. So Bali, if you've listened to some of my other episodes, you'll know that this was my first destination on my gap year. So it holds a very special place in my heart. And I mean, it's also super mega famous and like one of the coolest places to go in the world. So it's not just like, I found this cool little unknown island. Like, yeah, everybody knows what Bali is, but... I'm going to go through Bali with you and tell you all the tips that I have, tell you everywhere that I went, my recommendations. Keep in mind, I went to Bali in 2017, September 2017, and obviously the world has changed a lot since then. But I made sure to go through on Google Maps and see if some of the places that I saved were still open. So I think I kind of have an idea of what's closed down and what's still there. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. So like I said, this was my first destination on my gap year. And when I landed here, let me tell you, it was magic. It was like, I know this is very cheesy, but it literally felt like a moment out of a movie. We were landing into Bali. It was sunrise. It was one of the most beautiful sunrises I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I'm talking pink, blue, purple skies. And I came to realize like these kinds of sunsets are the norm in Southeast Asia, which is incredible because I love sunsets and sunrises. But I just had like, the most beautiful sunrise flying in, then they turn on this majestic Balinese music, right? And it's just this like moment in time, like this peaceful moment, which is really cool. And then I got through customs and I got into the arrivals hall of Bali and oh my God, the complete opposite. It's literally like you're just like smacked in the face with chaos. There's gonna be a million taxi drivers there trying to get you to go with them so that they can get your money so they can drive you to your destination. Luckily, I had already booked my transfer with my Airbnb. So that is one thing I would recommend organizing before you get there because all just going to be like waving signs in your face like, take me, take me, take me. So just have it booked before you get there and you'll just need to find someone with your name on it. The immigration was super easy and straightforward. Like they don't really give you a hard time at all. And I, from memory, I think it's that you get six months of visa free tourist if you're a UK or a US citizen. So that was very easy for me. Another tip that I would recommend is while you're at the airport, I did this a lot in Southeast Asia, I would try to sort your data out, like getting a SIM card while you're at the airport, like just go to one of the stands there. And the person there will usually speak English and be able to walk you through all of your different options, all your data packages. So SIM data in Bali is like incredibly cheap. I'm talking like unlimited data for a whole month for like five or $10, I think. If it was even that much, I can't quite recall, but I just remember it being really, really, really cheap. Another thing about Bali is that loads of people are on scooters and Uber, actually, no, it's not Uber here. It's They have their own application called Gojek. So it's G-O-J-E-K. So if you want to get around, I would suggest learning how to ride a scooter. I learned how to ride a scooter there. I was very careful, though, and I went very slow when I was first learning. And I got the hang of it within like a week, a week and a half. But then you can also just get these Gojeks. So you can just get a taxi 
or you can get on the back of someone's scooter and it's dirt cheap guys like i'm talking a taxi is going to be like two three dollars and a scooter is going to be like 50p you're literally just riding on the back of a man's scooter and you just kind of like i didn't know what to do when i first got on one of these scooters because i'd never done it before and i was like do i like put my arms around this guy. Quick tip here. No, what you do is on the back, they have like a little handle that you can just hold on to with your hand. So just reach around to the back of your seat and just hold on to there. Don't like wrap your arms around and start hugging your like Balinese scooter driver. (laughs) So what else do I need to tell you about here? Yeah, the roads are just going to be crazy. There's going to be scooters everywhere. That was like quite a shock when I landed as well, getting into Balinese traffic for the first time. So everything here is very, very cheap. Like I knew it was going to be cheap, but wow. The first place that I went for breakfast was I paid three pounds and I got a coffee, eggs, toast, a side of bacon, and yeah, three pounds. Oh, and I think an orange juice as well. And that was all three pounds. Like that would have cost me 20 quid in London. And then also the accommodation is very cheap as well. And what's very common in Bali are homestays or large villas where the owner will just rent the rooms out. So the first place that I stayed was in Changu. So Changu is known for being like a surfer area and there's a lot of digital nomads and expats there. So that was the first place that I went and they have, oh my God, they have really good food there as well. Like local places and Western food just all mixed in. They have some really fun bars as well. So the first place I stayed there was this Airbnb. I don't think it's on Airbnb anymore or I would list it, but it was just, it was one of those situations where it was a villa and it had a pool and all the rooms were rented out. So I had a single room en suite and I was only paying 10 pounds a night for that. Like it was incredible. And it was across the, so in Changu, there's this thing called the shortcut. And it's really funny. Just like Google and look at some of the images that pop up online. Like it's a very narrow stone street through, not a street, just like a stone path through a rice paddy that cars and scooters drive down. And it's meant to be a two way, but it definitely shouldn't be a two way because two cars cannot fit on it. So what you'll see when you Google this is you'll see cars toppled over into the rice paddies, but they call it the shortcut because it's literally the shortest way to get from where my Airbnb was to the beach. So you can either go the long way around or you can just chance your luck on the shortcut. And the first time I was on the shortcut, I was like shit scared. But after you do it like one or two times, it's completely fine. So let me just give you more of the rundown of Changu. And I have a huge restaurant list here that I'm going to go through all these places I recommend. So Changu is in the south of the island near the airport, north of Kuta. I think maybe you've probably heard of Kuta. Like that's a very popular area, but I would highly recommend Changu over Kuta. They have loads of hostels here. There's loads of surf places in Changu because like I said, it's known for its surfing on the beach. But that said, it's going to be loads of beginners and it's going to be very, very packed. So I'm not, I don't know. I didn't really do any surfing while I was here. Because I could just see like people just running into each other constantly and it was just a lot. So maybe go somewhere else to do some surfing like a little bit further up north. Also, like I said, there's loads of expats and digital nomads. So if you need to do some work, there's a lot of co-working spaces here. They have some really cool beach clubs here. So actually the guy who I was renting the Airbnb from, he was project managing the opening of this place called La Brisa. And he helped build that with them from scratch. He was like the go-between because he was Balinese. And I think the investors were Western. So he was like the go-between and led the whole project. And that place is so cool, guys. Like La Brisa, it's right on the beach. They have a pool. They have really good food. So I really recommend that place. There's a place called Finn's as well, which is super popular. 
And then another place called The Lawn. That's the one where you'll see like the colorful beanbags on the beach. That's The Lawn. So all of those are really cool and beach clubs on the beach. Some other cool beach bars that I would recommend are Sandbar. So that gets really happening. It's like a late night bar. So it's probably like from nine o'clock it really gets started. It's literally on the sand of the beach. So just be careful if you're drinking that you're not going to get swept out to sea because I've heard that happen to a few people. But it is a really fun time. Then you have a place called Old Man's Bar, and that is right there on Changu Beach. It's not like physically in the sand like Sandbar is. It's like up a bit, but it's a really cool like surfer shack type bar. So I would highly recommend that. Okay, so for some food, we have a place called Poke Poke. That's pretty self-explanatory. They do poke bowls. There's a place called Shady Shack. They're really famous for being really good vegetarian food. The complete opposite of that is another place I would recommend. If you've gone to Old Man's and you need like a late night snack, there's a place called Pit Stop Burger. They did really good burgers. I mean, they might have. Maybe I was just drunk, but I remember it being pretty good. There's a place called Luigi's Pizza. Does some pretty good pizza. A place called Moana Fish Eatery. I went there for some sushi. That was really good. And it's like really cheap. I mean, these places are all really cheap and really good. Oh, the place that I referenced when I first got to Chengdu and I had that three pound breakfast, it's called Hungry Bird Cafe. I think that's still there. That was really cool. There is another place called La Calita. I think that's a Mexican place. And then another cafe I think I have written down is called The Common. So all those places were really good and I would recommend and I think they're all still open. In terms of shopping, there's a lot of really cool boutiques here. Like I said, it's more like a hippie surfer vibe. So if you're looking for those white flowing dresses, some really good bathing suits, you'll be able to find that here. They have a place called Changu Love Anchor Market. I think that's on the weekends. Actually, I don't want to misspeak. I don't know what it is, but I remember going there and they had a lot of really cool stalls. So I would check that out. So yeah, Changu is just known for being a really cool laid back down to earth surfer place with lots of good food, some good shopping, a lot of expats, digital nomads. There's a lot of locals there as well. Like if you want to meet locals, you can. Like it's very easy. Balinese people are like some of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Like I said, the guy who was renting out my Airbnb, he was a local and he gave us like a whole tour of Labrisa when we were there. So if you want to meet locals, you still can. So the next place that I went from Changu was Ubud and that's spelled U-B-U-D. So this, I think this was the place that was in the movie Eat, Pray, Love. And do you guys know, like a funny story, I'd never watched Eat, Pray, Love until I got to Bali. And it was when I checked into that Airbnb, it had a DVD player. And one of the DVDs there on the desk was Eat, Pray, Love. And I was like, I'm just going to watch this. Yeah. And I was like, wait, am I living Eat, Pray, Love right now? (laughs) Because I literally just come from Italy where my friend had got married in the Amalfi Coast. And here I was in... Bali. And I was like, right, maybe I do need to add India to this. No. But yeah, so Ubud is, I think, where she went in the movie. So Ubud is known for being like a spiritual wellness yoga place. And it's not near the beach. It's up. It's north of Changu, up in the middle of the island. Not like middle, middle, but just like just a little bit further north in the middle. So it's landlocked. It's just really cool like rice paddies and greenery and forest rainforest and all that kind of vibe everywhere so when i was there i stayed at a hostel called purry garden hotel and hostel and this place is still open it was one of the coolest hostels i stayed at in all of southeast asia and like i said it was a hotel hostel so you can get some really baller amazing rooms 
or you can do a dorm room or you can do a private room in the hostel. They have like a whole range of different kinds of rooms that you can get. They have a really cool pool. They have social activities going on all the time. The staff are incredible and it was just really clean and I felt safe the whole time. Like 100% stay here if you can. So things that are popular here are the market in Ubud is amazing. Like, okay, but here's my tip. Have a plan for what you actually want to get when you go there. Or what I would do, what I did is I went one time and the first time I went, I was like really overwhelmed and I was like, oh my God, there's so much here. Like, I don't know what I want. But going the first time kind of helped me narrow down what I want. And then I went out, made a plan, wrote a list. Okay, like this is what I want to find. And then I went back a second time and I like had the plan and I knew exactly what I wanted. So it was a lot better to do it that way. I think I got like some of those, you know, like woven basket looking purses that my friends always joke with me and call it my dumpling steamer, (laughs) but I love them. I don't care. And I got some like earrings and a really cool skirt and a top. Yeah, the market's just cool. It's incredible. It has anything you want there. Another really cool thing to do here is the monkey forest. The first time I went to Bali, I was actually scared to do it because I was like, aren't monkeys supposed to be kind of like mean? Don't they like mess with you and they can get kind of aggressive? But I went, the second time I went to Bali, I went with my friend and he made me go. And it was actually really cool. Just like be careful with your belongings when you go here because they will snatch stuff out of your hands and like you're never going to see that again. And they're also really smart about being able to open bottles, open bags, that kind of a thing. So I'm not trying to scare you. Like nothing happened to me when I was in there and it was kind of cool. Like just to watch them interact and run around and stuff, I would recommend it. It's something fun to do. And they're not like caged monkeys. They're literally just living in this giant monkey forest in the middle of Ubud. Also, you know, like Ubud, like I said, it's known for being a spiritual kind of like wellness retreat place and yoga. There's a really famous yoga place here called the Yoga Barn. I don't know if it's still open. I mean, it probably is. It's one of like the biggest names there. So you can do some yoga classes there if you're into that. And another really cool thing about Ubud is it's a very good hopping off point to go see the really famous rice terrace that you'll see in everyone's photos. So it's called, oh God, I'm going to like butcher this, Tagalalang Rice Terrace. It's I'll just write it in the description. And then it's also a good jumping off point for Pura Tirta and Pool. It's a temple. And also the Canto Lampo Waterfall. It's a really famous waterfall there. Like, I think there are a few waterfalls. I did my research and I wanted to go to this one because it looked not as crowded, but like really cool. And I highly, highly, highly recommend going here. So my friends and I, to get to these places, we just rented a scooter for the day. We drove to the rice terrace. We did the temple and then we drove down to the waterfall and then back. And I think we did that all in one day. So some restaurants here that I had bookmarked that I had saved, there was a place called The Elephant. And I think that was up in the forest and it just had some incredible views of Ubud. That was really cool. And then a really fun bar that we went to that had live music, which I think is still open, is called The Laughing Buddha Bar. So those are two places that I would recommend. And yeah, so Ubud, it's like that break if you want some nice, peaceful relaxation, a wellness retreat, some yoga, you're not gonna be near the beach. That's what it's known for. Definitely go there. I think you should definitely put it on your list. It's just a really cool place. You can stay in some really sick Airbnbs like in the middle of the jungle, in the middle of the forest here. And also like the rice patties are insane. So then the third place that I would recommend going to in Bali is called Uluwatu. And I didn't stay here for very long, but it was really cool. I wish I maybe would have stayed here longer or booked longer accommodation here. But Uluwatu is in the very south of the island, and it's known for being some of the best 
surfing on the entire island, but it's like really hard waves, like really big waves. So this is very experienced surfers. So if you like watching people surf, I would recommend going here to do that because you'll see some of like the coolest, best surfers like in the world here. There's like a cliffside here in Uluwatu that has loads of cafes and restaurants built into it so that you can like sit there and watch the surf like as you're eating or having your coffee or whatever. So just have a look on Google Maps for one. I think the one that I saved has closed since, so I don't have one to recommend, but there's loads. So just have a look on there. And then you can go down to the beach. And I have a really cool photo from this, like watching two surfers walk out under, you have to kind of walk through this like cave area to go out to the beach. That was really cool. So the beach there is really good. I stayed in a place called Puri Kalapa Guesthouse. And I found it on Airbnb and I think it might still be open. I'm not entirely sure, but just have a look. They have a lot of really good Airbnbs there. So yeah, just check that out. I don't think the hostel scene was, I don't think there's a lot of hostels there. So I think Airbnb would be your best bet if you're going to go to Uluwatu. And then a really cool beach that was nearby here was called Green Bull Beach. So you kind of have to walk down these steps. And I just remembered when I was there with my friend, when we were walking back up the steps to go home, we literally got like surrounded by this mob of monkeys. And guys, this is why I didn't want to go to that monkey forest, right? Like we had all these monkeys surround us and I was like, shit, like, are they going to attack us? And we were just like, kept our head down. And I was like, just keep walking, just walk slowly and let's just go. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, this stray dog comes. And he basically like saved our asses because then those monkeys skedaddled and this stray dog was like super nice, very friendly. And he walked with us the whole way up. It's like, I love dogs. It's like he sensed that we like needed help and he came to rescue us. So the last place that I'm going to talk about, it's not in Bali, but it's near Bali. And a lot of people go here from Bali and it's called Gili Trawangan. And Gili Tea for short is what they call it, is part of the Gili Islands. There's three of them. There's Gili Air, Gili Minnow, and Gili Tea. Gili Air, Gili Minnow, I can't remember which one is like known for being the romantic honeymoon island, but then that's one of them. Gili Tea is known for being the party island and also where you can get scuba certified. So that's where I got my open water. That's where I got my first scuba diving lessons here. Highly recommend going here for the scuba diving highly don't recommend going here because it's a party island. So I'm like kind of on the fence about this place. Like it has a special place in my heart because that's where I learned to scuba dive. And it's really good for that. Like you'll see some of the coolest stuff there, like the reef and the turtles. Like it's really, really, really cool. But outside of that, it was just kind of like trashy, like trashy backpackers who just came to like get off their face all the time. Like I really didn't like the vibe. I know that's a very unpopular opinion, but I really didn't. So I wish I would have gone to one of the other two Gilly Islands. So like I said, one of them's the party island, one's the romantic island, and the other one is like a laid back hippie one. I wish I would have gone to the laid back hippie one as well. And then, yeah, in Gilly T, there's also, when I went, there was no cars on the island. It was just horses. And I think a lot of the horses on this island are mistreated. Not all of them. I think some are like rescued or something, but don't get one of those horses, like the carriages that drive you around because like the horse is just going to be severely dehydrated and hot and then has to haul these tourists around. Like it's just not cool. So be careful about the animal tourism there. And to get to Gilly Tea, you just get a ferry from Bali. I remember it being, I think our ferry ride was fine, but it can get pretty choppy and they do not give a shit. They're just going to go no matter what. So just kind of beware of that. 
Oh, and a good website to use to figure out how you can get from place to place. Like I'm telling you now, like, oh, I went from Bali to Gila Tea. There's a website called Rome to Rio. Rome, the number two, Rio. And it will give you options and a breakdown of how to get from place to place. It'll be like, oh, you can take a bus or you can take a ferry or you can take a taxi or a train, whatever. It's a really good website. So I highly recommend that. And then, okay, so some places that I wish I would have gone, but I didn't make it. And I definitely want to go back to go to these. So if you're in the Gili Islands, you're already going to be close to what's called another island called Lombok. And I've heard very, very, very good things about that. So I would highly recommend going there. Another two islands that I didn't make it to, which are just south of Bali, are called Nusa Penida and Nusa Limbogan. I really wish I would have gone there. But yeah, I had a really, really, really good time when I was in Bali. I was there for a whole month. Actually, now that I think about it, you know how this, did I say at the start of this podcast, it's like three to six month visa free travel? I'm pretty sure I definitely misspoke about that. I think it's only 30 days. I think I got Mexico confused, but just go on your country, wherever your passport's from, go on your country's website and figure out if you need a visa to get into Bali or if you can go visa free. So another thing I think I forgot to mention at the start was safety. So I was here as a solo female traveler on my gap year and I felt extremely safe in Bali the whole time in the Gillies. I never had any issues, so I wouldn't worry about like safety here. It's very, very, very safe. And like I said, Balinese people are wonderful. They're like some of the sweetest people I've ever met in my life. So yeah, so that concludes this episode. If you have any questions, just shoot me a message on Instagram or TikTok. And if you enjoy listening to these episodes, as always, as a reminder, please like, review, subscribe, follow on whatever platform you're listening to. And I will speak to you guys later. (laughs) 